Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. All right, all right, let's stay standing. Uh, We're glad you're here. Uh, Something that we practice together as a community is we always stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, This is something for us we want to show honor uh, to God's Word, and this is is the most concrete place that we know that God speaks. And so as we read the Word together, what I want to encourage you to do is just ask the Holy Spirit to bring certain things uh, to mind uh, to help make this more clear to you, and we just ask that God would speak. Amen? So Rachel's going to read the Word for us. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For he, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, we thank you for your word. Our prayer is simple. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Our hearts are open to you, God. We ask that right now, as we're just here in this sanctuary, God, that this would be a place where uh, you can speak. God, you could move us any place where we've drifted. God, you could move us towards your truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, hey, you can have a seat. Uh, We are in week seven of our study in the book of Colossians, and we're just getting out of the introduction. Uh, I appreciate y'all letting me just be a total nerd uh, in this series. And so we've just been kind of going word by word, line through line, uh, through this book. And uh, last week, we looked at Colossians 12 through 14. And there were were three things we saw. Number one, that Christ has qualified us. And I gave the illustration, have you ever gone to a restaurant with somebody uh, who maybe was somebody? Have y'all ever had that? I went with a buddy to a restaurant and like they rolled out the red carpet for this guy. And we talked about how as we go with Christ, Christ makes us strong as we walk with Christ. But one of the things that can mess us up and derail our discipleship and cause us to drift away from Jesus is that we forget that he is the one who qualified us. He's the one who gave us the strength. Amen? And then next, we looked at how he's rescued us. And actually, the, the, the Greek says that he drug us from a dominion of darkness, and he brought us into a kingdom of light. So we are the people of light, which is just beautiful, right? We're to be a light to the world. Um, and then lastly, he transferred us. And uh, at the end there, it says he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And so this week, we're going to look at who is the dear son, 
Who is Jesus? Uh, and so Paul opens up with this poem. Uh, you know, theologians go back and forth on whether this was a poem. Was this a popular hymn that was sung? But it's clear you don't write something like this without trying to get people to slow down and pay attention. And so we could take three weeks on just this section, but I'm going to have mercy on you. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to do all this together this week. And so I want to give you a thesis. Uh, thesis this morning is that Christ is supreme. Everybody say supreme. Come on, say it with a little gumption. Christ is supreme, and he is sufficient. So Christ is supreme over all creation, and he is sufficient to heal all that is broken. Um, if you've been around for a little while, if you're new, maybe you haven't heard some of my story. Uh, but for me, uh, I had a similar story to probably a lot of you guys. I grew up in a household uh, that went through divorce, and I saw certain abuses and certain pains in my life and so often when we go through pain, we ask the question, where is God? Have you ever asked that before? Have you ever gone through something? It's like, how could God allow something like this to happen? Especially if what Colossians says is true. If he is the one who, through him, God created everything that is, the powers and the authorities and all those things. If this is true, how could he let these things be? Let's drive it home a little bit deeper. I, I want to share with you, I was doing some study this week on, on some of the worst natural disasters in the history of the world. And so I'm going to bring you in on some of this. Uh, in 1931, way back, who, who was around in 1931? Anybody? Oh, yeah. No, you weren't. That's a lie. Uh, God's going to judge you for that lie. <laughs> no. 1931 in central China, they were hit with one of the worst natural disasters in recorded history. Uh, a, a region that was 69,000 square miles that was the size of Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey combined was under 53 feet of water. And so basically what happened was from 1928 uh, to 1930, there was a horrific drought. The winter of 1930, uh, they had a harsh winter, so there was tons of snow and ice that built up. Well, over the summer, that snow and ice started to melt, which is natural but then they were hit with extreme storms. They had nine cyclones. That's like a hurricane here. They call them cyclones on that side of the world. They rotate in a different direction, but that's beside the point. Uh, they had nine cyclones that hit in the month of June alone. So they had unprecedented rains. And so there was this huge melt-off. At the same time, there was unprecedented rains. And what happened is it wreaked absolute havoc on the region. So people in this region, in the month of, July, of June alone, 153,000 people drowned. But that was just the beginning. As those people's homes were destroyed, they flooded into other cities like Wuhan, which we've heard of before, right? Uh, Wuhan has made the news before 2020. And they flooded into Wuhan. And then what happened was, similar to what happened to Hurricane Katrina, a dike broke and the city flooded. So 783,000 people were displaced. Not only that, because of the extreme flooding, farmland was destroyed. So essential uh, needs, essential products for life uh, were not available. They became astronomically expensive. And so people began to starve. To stave off the starvation, they ate tree bark, they ate weeds. There's reports of people eating dirt. People sold their children to survive. And there are even reports of cannibalism in the area. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world we live in. Within 14 years, uh, something we all know of, which is World War II, 
uh, struck the world, and there were nations that were warring with one another. 120 million people died in that. Four million people died in the floods in China. In 1933, the Russian government uh, created an intentional wheat shortage in the nation of Ukraine. Another 12 million people died then. So within 14 years, the time from 2009 to today, for reference, there were about 140 million deaths. Where was God, right? These are the questions we have to ask. Then we look at today. There's internal battles. Uh, Statistically, 703,000 people commit suicide a year. So within our world, the brokenness of our world, we have raging nature, we have warring nations, and we have the nastiness of our internal battles that are raging around us. So the question we have to ask is where is God? Just like when I went through abuses, which some of you guys might have gone through abuses in childhood, what I want to submit to you this morning is that pain in life is not caused by God or just passively permitted by God, but it is a result of God's absence. This is not something that God looks at and says, this is how things should be. It's not proof that he does not exist. That's what I want to submit. But what, what we're going to look at today is that when God is actually invited in and involved in his creation, it's not death that's brought, but it's the healing of the world we live in. Colossians 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. So he was pre-existent. He didn't come into existence. He was not created. He existed before things. You cannot be involved in creation if you were made at creation, Right? He is supreme over all creation, and through him, God created everything. One of the reasons I've found that we can struggle to believe that Christ is sufficiently able to save is because we cannot understand how he can be supreme over such a broken creation. Um, what, what Paul is speaking to, this is just going to be a brief aside, and we're going to get work through some of this pain stuff. What Paul is speaking to, because Whenever we read these letters, we have to understand that Paul wasn't writing to just like a random amogulation of people, right? He was writing these letters to a specific church that was dealing with specific issues. So the question we have to ask is why, as soon as Paul got done with his introductions, did he go into this poem, right? Are you with me? We're going to do, this is going to be super nerdy. So just kind of buckle up. If you're, yeah, this, this is where we're headed. This is what it's going to be like. Um, so we have to ask the question, why would Paul open up with this? So what was going on, most theologians would say, most academics would say, what was going on in this early Colossian church is there was something called pre-Gnosticism that was starting to come into the community. And so a natural question would be, what is Gnosticism, right? Uh, to try to put it succinctly, have you all heard that term before? Has anybody heard the term Gnosticism before? Um, when, when I was going through Bible school, it was like all everybody talked about. Okay, so Gnosticism is something that when it took full form in the second century, like absolutely wreaked havoc on the church. And so what was happen- happening is people were taking pagan I- ideologies and they were trying to mesh that with Christian theology, okay? So what they were saying is that, okay, salvation began with Christ, but the fullness of salvation could not be received through Christ. What they were saying is that Christ was an ambassador sent by this hidden God that was far off, not Yahweh, another hidden God, uh, and that Christ had come to begin the healing of the world. But the only way that you could be healed is to tap into the secret knowledge of this greater God. Now, this greater God was not a God of material things, but a God of the spirit world, right? 
And so basically what they were saying, which went in line with uh, Greek philosophy and all those different types of things, basically what they were saying is that the created order is inherently broken and evil, and the only thing that's valuable is things that are spiritual. And so you need to tie into these spiritual things. It's a very subtle deception. And so basically what they were saying is that Christ is not supreme, that Christ is an ambassador for someone else, and that there's another supreme being that you need to connect to. What Paul is immediately saying is that there is no God above Christ. There is no God above uh, the God of the Old Testament. And so uh, point number one is Paul is trying to say that Christ is supreme. He's submitting that Christ is supreme over all creation. N.T. Wright says this in his commentary on Colossians. He says, the Lord through whom you are, you are redeemed is none other than the one through, one through whom you and all the world were created. What was before said in reference to Israel's God, Yahweh, is now said in reference to Jesus Christ. He has not displaced the God of Abraham, the God of the Exodus. He has made him known. So the point that Paul is making about Christ is that Christ reigns supreme. So the question we have to ask ourselves is does Christ reign supreme in our our lives? There's something now, and I've talked about this a few times before, we have a modern Gnosticism. Um, Are you all familiar with that term now? Did I succinctly break that down? Or are you more lost than when we started? Okay, I did okay. Okay, good. Um, So we have a modern Gnosticism, which would say that uh, the physical world is not where we find reality, but we actually find reality within ourselves right? That's the modern philosophy, that if you want to find truth, you have to become your true self. You have to take what's on the inside, and you have to let it work its way outside, regardless as to whether or not the natural world would agree with that, right? This is what massively across our culture right now, a lot of the divisions and the arguments and all that kind of stuff is based on. Um, Carl Truman, in his book, I've quoted this before, but I think this is so helpful. Uh, he, He framed it this way. He said, modern man seeks to be true to himself, Rather than conform thoughts, feelings, and actions to objective reality, man's inner life becomes itself the source of truth. The modern self seeks to give expression to our inner individual lives. Rather than seeing ourselves embedded in communities and bound by natural and supernatural laws, authenticity to inner feelings rather than adherence to transcendent truths become the norm. Okay, what is this saying? This is saying that we've done away with transcendence. We've done away with the idea of God and what we've replaced on the throne is ourselves. Now here's the issue. Let's bring it back to pain. Let's bring it back to pain. If, as is submitted here, that God is the creator of a good creation, that he rules over it, and if we believe the biblical narrative, that sin entered the world not from God, but through man. Pain is not God's fault, it's our fault. And so, if we sit on the throne of our lives, what we're gonna do is we're gonna perpetuate pain. We will not bring healing. And so what's happening right now within our world is we're saying that healing will come through human self-expressing. But what history would tell us is that as humans self-express, we actually bring about more destruction and we bring about more pain. Why? What I wanna submit 
is that God is the good creator who created the world. He knows how we should function and how we should live, and it's under his lordship, under the lordship of the supreme creator. That's Christ. He's the visible image of the invisible God that we come to be who God has called us to be. And who has God called us to be? Who has God created us to be? He's created us to be cultivators. He's created us to be healers. He's called us to be people of light who bring life and peace to the world around us. So when we see the pain in the world, what we have to recognize is that it is in fact God's absence that brings pain, and it's his presence that brings healing, amen? Amen. Point number two. Point number one, Christ is supreme over all creation. Point number two, Christ is supreme over the church. Um, Verse 18, so Christ is also the head of the church. Who is the church? The people of God, which is his body. You cannot separate a head from a body and expect the body to work, right? He's the beginning, and he's supreme over all who rise from the dead. Now, who rises from the dead? Christ, but who else? We do. We are the people of the resurrection. That means that all the places that have been dead in our lives, all the places we look at and think, gosh, this is not the way that it should be, the promise of Jesus is that in the end, he will bring hope, he will bring healing, he will bring restoration. And for all eternity, we will reign with Christ as a kingdom of priests. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And right now, we are this kingdom of priests who are bringing hope and healing to the world through Christ. So Christ's primary mechanism for healing a broken creation is the people of God, his church. So what that means, guys, is what we do, these small things that we do, like when we gather together and like we have big life and little life and we have people who are at the doors and yo, when you open your homes and you break bread together, when we share our wounds and our pains, when we encourage each other, when we enter into life with one another, what we are actually doing is we're bringing God's kingdom to bear in the world that we live. Now, if our world is filled with pain and suffering, what happens when we bring God's kingdom in, when God's kingdom comes in, is that peace and life and hope begin to reign, right? Now, here's the reality. I want to say this as an aside. I've taught this before, but we have to remember we're in the already, but not yet. Um, in, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to celebrate Juneteenth. That's two weekends from now. Um, and if you remember back um, in... 1965, Emancipation Proclamation, or my history boss, 63 or 65? I think, I think it was 18. Yeah, okay, got that one right, okay. <laughs> I can't remember, 63 or 65, it's, it's blanking on me right now. The Emancipation Proclamation, I believe it was 63, um, goes out, right? And, and what did he say? Abraham Lincoln said, all those who are slaves will become free. They're to be freed within the United States of America. Well, what we know is that all those who were enslaved did not become free right then. What had to happen was people who were carrying that message, we'll call that a gospel, right, had to go out and they had to tell people they were free. They didn't just have to tell them, they had to fight in the battle so that people could experience the freedom that had been given to them. And it wasn't until 1965 in Galveston, Texas, I got it now, that the last area received this message. So what are we doing as God's people? We're taking the gospel that all humanity that was enslaved to sin and death has found freedom under King Jesus. And so what we do is we, we bring this gospel into every sphere we go into. So the smallest things we do as the church, they matter. 
because it brings healing and restoration. The biggest things we do as a church, they matter. Yo, I just want to stir up your faith. Like, I, I was talking to some people this past weekend, and this happens to me all the time. Like, as a pastor, when people find out I'm a pastor, first they're surprised because I think I'm like 18. I'm 34, I've got three kids, if you're wondering. Um, but then secondly, they immediately start to act weird around me, almost every time. And they either get like super stuffy and like treat me with way more respect than they should, or sometimes people get aggressive and they get frustrated. And I had one guy, I was telling him about, you know, we planted this church in 2018. By God's grace, we will plant more churches. And um, he was like, you planted a church? He goes, why could we possibly need more churches? There's plenty of churches around here. And it's like, man, like, is our, does, does our whole city know Christ? Are, are the churches bursting at the seams? No, like we need to create more spaces for people to come to know Jesus, right? And so what does that say? A lot of our world, I just want to stir up your faith for this, is missing the magnitude of what Christ is doing through the church. He came to rule over creation, but he also, and I don't have time to get into all this, but he also came to do new creation through the church. Through the church, God's renewing the world. And you know, I just want to encourage you, what you're a part of, not just here, it's not New Life Church, that's just a name that helps us identify with each other and find a place to go. Through the global church of Jesus, the historical church of Jesus, God is progressively renewing the world. Amen? Amen. Um, let's go to point three, and we'll, we'll kind of land the plane around here. Uh, Christ is sufficient for our salvation. So first, Christ is supreme over all creation. Second, Christ is supreme over the people of God, the church. Third, Christ is sufficient. Everyone say sufficient. Um, if Christ is the supreme Lord of all creation and the new creation, then he is certainly sufficiently powerful to save all creatures. If he's supreme over the creation, he's supreme over the church. What's Paul saying here? You don't need another gospel. You don't need extra truth to find freedom. You just need Jesus. Now, here's the reality. We look at the pain of our world in nature, right? We look at the pain of the nations and the wars and things that happen. But here's the reality. A lot of us have the pain of like this inner nastiness and this disease called sin that actually separates us from God, that leads us into more destruction. Because remember, destruction happens not because of God, but because of God's absence. And so if we want to find the peace, this is what the scripture is saying. If we want to find peace, all we have to do is to accept that peace from the person of Jesus. Mark Manel said this. He said, Jesus Christ, the creator and sustainer of all that exists, is not to blame he has nothing to repent of, nothing to confess. It is we who have rejected him. That cosmic sin needs to be named and shamed. He cannot simply overlook it as if it were irrelevant. The havoc we have wrecked on the world is bad enough. Remember, it's not God who brings pain. It's we who've brought the pain. But the person at the front so the one in whom we depend for our very breath is the worst of all. Justice demands a facing up to truth and the imposition of the right penalty. If we reject our creator, we deserve our creator's rejection. It seems like a dead end. But this is where the miracle of the gospel begins to gleam in all its glory. Jesus took the initiative. 
to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. That's the gospel of grace. And I think it's so difficult for us guys. Um, but if you'll go with me for a moment, it's difficult for us to accept that we have sinned before God, that we have wrecked the creation, and that we need saving. But the reality is, if you look around at our world, if you look at your own life, we look at our personal lives, I think we have to come to the place to where we need something. And what I want to submit to you, what the Apostle Paul is submitting, is that the healing you're looking for for the places in your inner life that are destroyed, that are broken, for the places in your exterior life that are destroyed, that are broken, can only be found in the person of Jesus. You can find relief in other places, but you cannot find healing. And so for me, what I've gotten to see is I've gotten to see restoration of my own life in areas of addiction. I'm not where I wanna be, guys. Um, there are so many places where Christ is still working on me and healing me, but it's progressive, right? And the offer on the table here, June, what is it, June 4th, 2023, um, is that if you're, if you're going through life and you just have this internal torment, like you cannot find peace, everybody around you might think things are going okay, but it's just not. If you want to find peace, what I want to encourage you with is you need to find peace first with your creator. And as you come in line with the way that he's designed you and created you, you'll find peace in life. And not just that, you'll actually be a bringer of peace. The gospel is that God from above and outside of us has come to take what's broken on the inside of us, what the Bible calls sin, and heal it. Dick Lucas says that if Christ is the power that sustains the whole universe, he certainly has the power to sustain the individual believer from conversion to glory. Christ restores, he paid the price for our redemption, and he is Christ the Redeemer, amen? And he sees you. And so uh, what I wanna encourage you with is, I just want you to take a few moments. We're gonna do some reflection. We're gonna do some response time. What I wanna encourage you to do is I wanna encourage you to search through your life and ask the question, what are the places where I'm not submitting to Christ as Lord? Like, what are the places of frustration? What are the places of death? What are the places of sin? And how can I bring those things up under the Lordship of Christ? Amen? Stand your feet all across the room. I wanna pray for you. We're gonna take some time to reflect, and then we're gonna respond in worship. Let's just take a moment. If you're comfortable, you can hold your hands out in front of you. As the worship team comes forward, let's just pray together. Come Holy Spirit. We honor the work that you're trying to do inside of us. And Holy Spirit, we just bless what you're trying to do right now. God, we open up our hearts and we ask that you would speak. I just wanna pray for anybody, uh, if you're here and if you're honest, life is just a mess. Nobody looking around. Um, and maybe as you look at your life, you, you've never truly recognized Christ as the supreme Lord of your life. Listen, if you wanna do that this morning, all it takes is acceptance. 
and saying, Christ, I believe in what you've done for me. I believe in your sufficient work to save me. And I just ask that you would right now. So I just want to lead us in a prayer of confession. Uh, And if we could all confess this together, maybe some of you for the first time, let's do that. Let's confess together. Jesus, we believe that you are supreme over all creation. We believe that you set up the church as your healing arm for your work in the world. Christ, forgive me. Christ, heal me. Christ, make me into the beautiful creature that you intended. I want to follow you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.